Well, church, I hope you're ready for a word from the Lord. Before we get into our uh, scripture today, why don't we give God some adoration? Come on, let's pause right now. I know this is an online service. I can't hear you. We're not in the same space. But can we just lift up a sound wherever we are? Come on. Why don't we tell God that God is good? God is worthy from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. The name of our God is to be praised. God is Jehovah. God is Yahweh. God is Adonai. God is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. God, we acknowledge you right now. We put our attention back upon you. No matter what we bring into this moment, God, we give you our affection. God, we lay down our idols on the altar. God, we repent of our sins, God. We repent of trying to do things apart from you, God. We repent of being Christians in name only, of being functional atheists, God, but we desire to be full believers and family members. Come on, lift up a sound right now to God. Just praise God for who he is. Just praise God for how good God has been to you. God, you have protected us from danger seen and unseen in a global pandemic. And God, we acknowledge with gratitude the fact that we are still here. God, that we have made it to this point and we've only made it to this point because you are good. God, we lift up your goodness. We acknowledge your greatness, God. We acknowledge your might. We acknowledge your power. We acknowledge your preeminence and your eminence. God, you're up there and you're also down here among us. Come on, let's lift up just about 30 more seconds. Let's give God some praise. Let's give God God some honor. Let's give God worship. Come on. This should be a regular part of our routine. This should be a part of our household that when we make an altar, our house should be used to it because we have acknowledged God so much that there is nothing in our lives that does not have the smell or the aroma of the spirit upon it. And now God, as we enter into a sermon, God, that this sermon would not be wooden, that it would not be just words, that it would not be just something that we study. But God, it would be something that can transform our very lives and existences. God, there can't be a fire in anyone's place if there was an iceberg behind this pulpit. So God, would you light me on fire that I may burn for you, burn for your truth, burn for your love and your justice. And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer in whom I trust. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I feel the spirit of God. I'm excited. I don't know about you, but I really feel like this is as good a time as any with everything that's happening in our world to ensure and make sure that we are giving God praise, glory and honor. And I pray that this is a regular part of your routine. I pray that getting in the presence of God is something that you are accustomed to. And if you're not, let me encourage you to continue to get into it, to do it, not just to do it on Sunday morning, but to continue it on Monday all throughout the week. Okay. All right. I'm going to reset. I'm going to reset here. <laughs> Mark chapter six is our passage. Mark chapter six is our passage. And as you know, we've been going through a series um, over the past month and a half that has been ironically timed with a major transition in our church. It is a series entitled God Speed. God Speed, divine pace for divine purpose. And we've talked about divine acceleration. We've talked about what it means for God to close the gap from where we are to where we desire to be. 
We've also talked about what it means for us to be in seasons of stuck. We've talked about how frustrating it can be sometimes to be on pause and on hold. And today I want to talk about something a little bit different. But before I get into that, let me remind you why we talk about God's speed. We talk about God's speed because if you're a follower of Jesus, one of the first things you have to learn how to do is to change your pace, to match your pace with the divine pace that God desires for you to be on. And that's why this statement has been so pertinent and powerful for us, that when we get there is not as important as how we get there. The timeline that we arrive to our destination or our chosen place of purpose is not as important as the quality of our souls when we get there. You don't just want to arrive, you want to arrive transformed. You don't just want to show up to your perfect place or your idyllic situation. You want to arrive with a transformed, healthy, whole, and mature mindset. I hope you realize this. Everything that you ask for, you're not supposed to get in the moment that you ask for it. Okay, let me keep going. So the objective is, I want and we want to fall in line with where God has us, not where we think we should be. And the answer is obviously found in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and 11. It's the reminder for us that God has made everything beautiful, or as the CSB says, God has made everything appropriate in its time. In its time. Look at Mark chapter 6, verse 1. Mark chapter 6, verse 1. I don't intend to be long. I just want to talk about something that I think is, is another theme and a motif when we talk about pace and the speed that God has us on. And it's found in Mark chapter 6, verse 1, where it says, He went away from there, meaning Jesus, and came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. And on the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many who heard him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? What is the wisdom given to him? How are such mighty works done by his hands? Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James, and Joseph, and Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, verse 4, A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and among his relatives and in his own household. And he could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. I love how that's so casual. And he marveled because of their unbelief. Here's the new motif that I want to introduce to you. We talked about divine acceleration. We talked about being in a season of stuck. Let's talk about the shift. The shift. Put the shift in the comments. Let's talk about the shift. It is a jarring thing when something that you assumed was one way is no longer that way. It is a jarring thing when you have been living your life or operating on your job, or in a relationship, or spending money buying things, saving money to buy something, and you come to a realization that the method that you have been using is not the right one. It's particularly jarring, especially when it comes to parenting. Now, I don't know about you. We are parents of two beautiful children. And for those of you who are parents, it, it is fascinating, even in our young parenting years, to realize that the things that worked with one child don't work with another child. 
It's fascinating to realize that the things that you have been trying to reinforce with both of your children are no longer applicable because they have found a way around them. I'll never forget there are some things I used to do with my son, Benaiah, who's two years old. I used to do them with him six months ago, and he would do them on cue. There, there are some things that I used to do with my daughter, Trinity, and she would do them on cue. But you come to this realization that the way in which connection and parenting and respect is happening is no longer working. There has been a shift. There has been an adjustment. And kids are so smart that they pick up on our cues. They pick up on our tricks and they circumvent and navigate their way around them. You know what I'm talking about. Those things, those hiding places that you had for the snacks that you told them not to get, but you want for yourself after they go to bed. Do I have a witness in the house? Is it just me? <laughs> those hiding places, they figure out how to get to those hiding places. Those things that you do as, as, as psychology, reverse psychology for parenting to get them off of something or uninterested in something, they stop doing. And they figure out a way around those things. And that is really pertinent for us because no matter what area we are talking about in our lives, Shifts are inevitable. Hear me, church. No matter what area you are talking about in your life, and especially in your spiritual walk, a shift is inevitable. And the problem is many of us are living our lives assuming that things are going to remain the way that they are now. It is a faulty assumption, church, to assume and get frustrated when things change. It is a faulty assumption for us to think that because God has been operating in one way up until this point, God will continue operating in that way. How I many you know we serve a God that cannot always be figured out? Let me tell you what a shift is. When I say the shift, this is what the shift is. The shift is when God moves exactly opposite of how you thought he would. <laughs> now, this is, this is triggering for me, okay? I've been in a situation where I thought that everything was going according to plan. I thought that God was going to continue doing the same thing. Why? Because it was working in the way that I was expecting, in the thing that made me comfortable, in the thing that made me at ease and at peace. But how many you know sometimes God will shift some things because God can see from a vantage point that we can't. And so when he shifts some things, he's saying, I know what you need better than you know what you need. I know what will set you up better than you know what will set you up. I know what success is. Can I touch on this? Many of us attach our, our assumption that God will act and move in the same way with our assumption of what success is, with our assumption of what is comfortable, with our assumption of what works. And here's what we say. You know this because you probably said it before. Well, it worked so well back then. Well, it worked so well in the past. Well, it worked so well in this situation and that situation. So surely it's going to continue working as well. Might I suggest to you that the reason why so many of us as believers are stale in our walk, are stagnant in our relational intimacy with God, are on pause in our expectation for miracle signs and wonders, are disconnected from worship and community, could it be that it's because of a faulty assumption that just because it worked in the past, it's going to work now? And just because it works now, it's going to work in a new season? 
Many of us are unprepared for the shift. Many of us are unprepared for when God moves us in a way that is uncomfortable to us. But how many of you are saying today, <laughs> I'm going to trust God in the shift. I'm going to go all in in the shift. I'm not going to disengage when God moves me from something that makes me feel just a little bit uncomfortable. I'm not just going to get addicted to my place of ease and comfort because I know God is trying to take me somewhere. If that's you, why don't you wave at me in the chat? I'm going to lean in during the shift. I'm not going to get so uncomfortable that, that I can't trust the God who has brought me up until this point. And so all of us, church, hear me. All of us has at least one place in our lives where God is moving unexpectedly. All of us has one place in our lives, at least one, where God is moving unexpectedly. So here's the principle, and this is what you have to understand about the shift. Catch this. God will always show up, just not how you think. God will always show up just not how you think. Why is this so important? This is important because so much of the Christian walk, especially in the West, especially in the American context, is set up in a way to get something not to be with someone. So much of the Christian walk is about results, is about outcomes, is about gaining, is about answers, it's about achieving, but it is not about being with Jesus in relationship. And this is dangerous because one of the greatest obstacles and one of the greatest dangers for a believer in Jesus is this, to claim to believe in a God that you do not know. And so what is happening for many of us is we are uncomfortable with the shift because we are not familiar with the shifter. We are uncomfortable with where God is moving us because we have only recognized God's hand, but not God's ways. We have become familiar with the outcome and not the heart. We become familiar with all of the things that God brings, but not the God who brought them. And one of the dangers, especially of millennials, Gen Z, those of us who are young, hear me, is that we start to formulize our Christian walk. We start to formulize the things that work. We start to formulize and we get into a rhythm. And whenever the rhythm is shifted, i.e. a pandemic, when we can't meet in person anymore, now we start to look up at God and say, where are you? God is still there. God never left. But the difference is the routine by which we encountered God shifted. And we didn't have enough, whew, we didn't have enough relationship and enough relational intimacy with that God to stick with that God when the routine was different. And so now everyone's looking around like, oh no, what's gonna happen when we come back? When it should be that those of us who have a true relationship with God, no matter if it's in person or online, no matter if it's 10 people or 10,000, no matter if it's in my home or in a sanctuary, no matter what happens, I should still be able to trust the God who has shifted the situation or allowed the situation to shift because I have such familiarity with this God that even if the rhythm is different, I can still meet him wherever I am. I'm, <laughs> I don't know why I'm going here. I'm just, I, I hope you feel me. I hope you feel me. I wish I could stand up and run around. I, I, I got like 10 more minutes. Anyway, I wish I could stand up and run around. 
But church, are you feeling me? Do you hear me? God wants you to be so familiar with the ways. That's what it says in something that Moses knew the ways. The people of God knew the hand, knew the axe. And so many of us, this is why, church, I'm going to stay here. This is why we can get blessed by God. And the next day we can question whether or not God will bless us in another situation. This is why God can come through supernaturally and we forget that God came through. It's because we're so addicted to an outcome. We're so addicted to a move. We're so addicted to a blessing. We're so addicted to God doing something supernatural for us that we miss the fact that the supernatural is about getting us closer to him. It's not about solving our situation first. Praise God that God does. It's about getting us closer to the one who can solve it. It's about getting us intimate with the Savior. And I feel led to ask the question, do you know the God that you claim to worship? Do you know the God that you claim to serve? Do you know the God that you claim to walk with? And don't take this as condemnation or shame. That is never the intent for the believer. Romans 8, 1 is clear. There is now therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ. This is not condemnation, but this is encouragement. This is an invitation. Get back to the first love. Get back to the heart of the father. Get back to the heart of a God who cares and who cared enough to sacrifice a human body, to, to inhabit a human body and be nailed on a cross and crucified by the creation. Get so intimate that, that salvation is a wonder to you. Do you realize that oftentimes we don't even think about the fact that it's a miracle we're saved? That for us to be transformed, to be taken from death to light, to come out of darkness into his marvelous light, it's a miracle? It's transformative. It's supernatural. It is only by grace through faith. Are you hearing me, church? We need to fall back in love with the spirit of God. We need to fall back in love with the presence of God. We need to fall back in love with prayer closets. We need to fall back in love with getting down on our knees and falling on our faces. We need to fall back in love with just getting in the presence of God, even if you didn't get something that day, even if you didn't understand the scripture, just sitting back and saying, God, even though I didn't understand it, I communed with you. And I trust God that as I dig, you'll help me to understand. As I study, you'll help to make it clear. But right now, I just acknowledge you for coming and meeting me here. And this is why the shift is so jarring for us is because it is hard for us to trust a God who we do not know. I have no idea why I've been here today. But, but can I encourage you with something? Get back in the presence of God. If you didn't hear anything else that, that I said or will say, I don't even know how long I can keep this going from, from getting off this point. But get back in the presence of God. Get back in the habit of worshiping God out loud. Get back in the habit of praying to God out loud, of joining hands with family and doing warfare in the spirit of God, of using your prayer language, 
of using your voice as an instrument, of making an altar in your home. And I feel led so strongly to say, we need altars to come back to the home. We need altars to come back to our places of residence so that God can meet us there, so that God can be present there. Hmm. Lift up your hands. I'm not going to. I'm not even going to fight it. I'm, we offer no resistance. Lift up your hands right now and begin to invite the presence of God. If we're talking about a shift, I have to be open to a shift. I'm a preacher. I got a sermon. I got a text. I got points. But right now, God is shifting me. Invite my people back into the presence of God. Hmm. We thank you, God. We lift you high, God. We acknowledge you, God. You are good to us, Jesus. You have saved us. You have transformed us. You have delivered us. Who is like unto you, God? Who is like unto the King of glory, the Lord God strong and mighty, the Lord God mighty in battle? We quiet our souls right now, and we say, Spirit of the living God, have your way. Do what you want to do. Move us how you want to move us. Shake us how you want to shake us. Adjust us how you want to adjust us. Shift us how you want to shift us. We don't want it to be said of us like those who will, it will be said in Matthew 7, that one day they'll say, Lord, Lord, didn't we do all these great things in your name? Didn't we baptize people? Didn't we cast out demons? Didn't we preach good sermons? Didn't we give a lot? Didn't we say we were Christians on social media? Didn't we bring people to church? Didn't we teach our kids and our grandkids about you? Didn't we? Didn't we? Didn't we? And you're going to say, depart from me, workers of iniquity. Why? Not because I don't love you, but because I don't even know who you are. God, we want to know you. Hmm. We want you to show us your glory. Come on. Lift up your hands right now. Lift up a sound wherever you are. Lift it up. Lift it up in, in your place, wherever you are. Grab hands with your family and begin to intercede. I'm just going to stay here for a minute. Begin to intercede. Begin to lift up worship and adoration to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. We thank you that you are not an impersonal God. You are not a God who stands afar off. You are a God who comes near and close. May the fear of God return. May the awe of God return. May the power of God return. May we not be content with being distant from you and just entering in one day a week or one, two, three hour period a week and just being so impersonal. May we sit in your presence and not have to have an agenda, God. May worship flow out of natural moments of prayer and fasting and feasting and communion and celebration and family. Whew. I feel the need to pray. I feel the need to pray for God's people right now in the name of Jesus. God, I pray for those who are sick and shut in. I pray for those who are dealing with difficult situations. I pray for those who are headed to school tomorrow to a bad situation who are concerned about being bullied or made fun of, who are concerned teachers and administrators about not having enough to give for the kids, who are frustrated. I pray for marriages right now to be mended and restored. 
I pray for parents and children to be reconciled together, those who are estranged to be brought back into loving communion. God, I pray for those who are concerned about bills and money and resources and finances. I pray for those, God, who are concerned about a pressing decision that is yet to come. Would you give them supernatural wisdom right now? I sense someone has to make a big decision over the next two days. Monday and Tuesday is what I'm saying. You have to make a life-altering decision. May I remind you, I don't know who you are, but may I remind you that the God who brought you to this point can give you supernatural, mighty wisdom, supernatural wisdom in order to make the decision that is right for you and your family. Don't make the decision based upon upon prestige or status or the idea of what a promotion will mean. I don't even know what this is, but would you make the decision based upon what's best for you and your family? And you know what that is already. The spirit of the living God says, you know what that is already. So make the decision and do not fear. Your times are in the hands of the maker. Your times are in the hands of the master. God, we ask right now that glory would be present I sense a shift in our church as we shift our name, God, that you are shifting our anointing, that you are deepening our communion with you, that the communication that we have with the spirit is going to change. So, God, would you prepare us by sitting in your presence? Prepare us for the shift. Prepare us for you doing something that is unusual. Hmm. Church, I'm just going to stay here. We're going to head back into worship. We're going to play another worship song. This is not planned at all. (laughs) This is not what I want to do. This is messing with all my order sensibilities. But I want you to just worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Worship the King. Worship the one who does the shifting. Before we even can get to the shift, we'll talk about it next week. Let's worship the King who does it. In Jesus' name. forward in you no more going backwards can you just worship the Lord wherever you are right now what a moment you have brought me to such a freedom I found in you you're the healer who makes all things new yeah yeah I'm not going back, I'm moving ahead, I'm here to declare to you, my past is over and you, my things are made new, surrender my life to Christ, I'm moving, moving forward.
church that was unconventional <laughs> again not planned but we don't apologize we offer no resistance and we give full compliance when the spirit of God takes over I know you didn't think that the spirit of God could take over even in the context of an online recording whatever that is it's true <laughs> it's not on my plans it's not on my radar but God knows best I hope that you were encouraged today and I hope that if you are tuning in and you have no idea who Jesus is, that you felt the spirit that Jesus promised to give us. And the message of Jesus is this, that, that despite our deepest desire to do our own thing, 
despite our deepest desire to go in our own way, which will only lead to our demise. Jesus has come as light. Jesus has come as Savior to save us from our own way, to save us from our sins, and to enter us into loving communion with a God who is great and gracious and who welcomes us to the table and says, come and dine, come and eat. There is a seat waiting for you. And I pray that you are sitting at that table, that you are part of the family of God. And if you are not, it is simply a prayer away. All you need to do is say, Jesus, I recognize my way doesn't work. And I accept your sacrifice, your service, your power, your goodness. I want to be changed. I want to be made new. Make me new as only you can. In Jesus' name, amen. It's as simple as that. You don't even have to use my words. You can use different words. The power is not in my words. It's about believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. If that is you, I want you to type home in the comments. If you made that declaration, if you made that prayer, type home in the comments because we want to reach out and encourage you and also celebrate with you that God has been so good to bring you into the family of God. If you didn't have the opportunity earlier to give, let me encourage you to give. As we're making this shift and this transition, it is so vital and important for us to have all the resources that we need. All the things we already know God is going to provide, but oftentimes God provides through us, through our hands. So you can give by clicking the link up in the description or the link down in the pinned comments, whether you're on Facebook or YouTube, or you can mail it in the old fashioned way, P.O. Box 6400, Pensacola, Florida, 32503. Hmm. Church, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for tuning in to our church. We are transitioning to be an all nations worship assembly campus right here in the city of Pensacola, not a new church. We're transitioning over. So let me remind you once again, you need to fill out an interest form. Go to allnationspensacola.com, fill out the interest form so that you can join us for our first virtual interest meeting. That is this Wednesday night. It will not be online. Okay. It will be private. Okay, it'll be on Zoom. So we want to welcome and invite you into that. So please, please, please fill out the interest form at our website. Church, I love you. You are loved, valued, and welcomed here. And I pray that this is truly, this has truly been sweet communion with your Savior. We'll see you next week, hopefully this week as well, at our interest meeting. I love you, church.